All right, welcome to the third episode of The Extra Point presented by Bleacher Fan. Today we got a packed podcast for you. We're talking NFL, Marcus Peters to the Rams, the Combine, Lamar Jackson, is he a wide receiver or quarterback, some NBA talk, where the hell is LeBron James going to end up next year, Kawhi Leonard's injury, some NCAA scandal, and the MLB J.D. Martinez contract. But before we get to that, we got some segments for you today. All right, Sully Jones. Tom, how are you guys feeling today? Doing well, doing well. How are we doing, boys? Doing, doing good. good. Doing good. All right, our first segment of today is Today in Sports is going to be our weekly segment. I'm going to get some scenarios for you guys, and you're going to have to guess who was part of it. So to start it off, Today in Sports, in 1933, February 25th, this person bought this franchise. And I'm going to give you guys some clues, see if you get it. So this owner bought this franchise four days after his 30th birthday. Pretty impressive if you think about it. Your first clue is the franchise has a monster. Okay. All right. All right. Me a little bit. All right. No, it, you'll see. You'll see. All right. Your second clue, a section of a street near this ballpark was renamed after this person, his last name, but is in danger of being renamed to a recently retired player. Tom, it seems like you know who it is. I got it. I, I got go it ahead. too. Say it. No, I don't know his first name, Yaki. We're going Yeah, Yaki. there you go, too yes. much. Right, right when you said the street, I was like, oh, it's gotta be Yaki. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I knew it from I knew it from Monster, I just didn't know who bought them. Oh, so, right, yes, right. Tom is Yaki. He bought the Red Sox in nineteen thirty three. Huh. Pretty fucking crazy to think that four days after his birthday, he bought a, a MLB franchise. I wonder for how much. I wonder how much he bought it for. Though. Like $16, probably. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, your second scenario. This one's a little bit more spicy. So in 1962, this person scored 67 points on the Knicks. Pretty depressing because I'm a Knicks fan. All right, so this player claims to have slept with 20,000 women. Oh, got it. Ah, Sully, wait. Don't say it. Don't say it. I'm going to just say all the clues. He scored 90 <laughs> points. During a high school game, he never fouled out in his entire NBA career. And he said if he played in the 90s, he could average 70 points per game. Sully, who is it? That'd be Will Chamberlain. Good shit, Sully. Knew it once you said, I mean, how many women he slept with. Seems a little low for him. Yeah, I thought it was like 100,000. Doesn't Ric Flair have some crazy number two? Doesn't Ric Flair say he slept with like 5,000 women or something? No, I think he was like 22. Or something around ten or something like that. Yeah, I think it was ten thousand. Yeah, yeah. I, I did the math. It was like four or five a day or something. I don't know, or three or four for like a day. what twenty years. How does it not fall off? I feel like he got, he's got to be like walking around sore and shit. I'm just like bored what? at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it I mean, becomes yeah, all the same. What's the, what's the point? Like, uh, what does number eight thousand have that number nine thousand or seven thousand didn't? The he's funniest like part, the funniest part is Wilt said he claimed he slept with twenty thousand, but he never slept with a married woman once. Pretty hard to believe there, Wilt. Yeah, they just didn't yeah, tell him. The yeah, that's so <laughs> <old>. <laughs> that's All right, our second segment is our best bets of the week. Jones, I know you have some. Kick it away. So I got I got one for us. Um, game tonight. Florida State plus one at NC State. Um, Florida State, they're just the better team. And I think going on the road as an underdog, they've been covering 67% of the time. 
Um, I just like it's a good spot going to the tournament. They've been playing well lately. Um, although they haven't been covering the spread, lost five out of their last six against the spread. Um, they, you know, they're playing well and they're clearly a better team than NC State. And I like the 67% covering on the road as an underdog. They'll be playing with a chip on their shoulder going into tourney time. Um, and this is just the time for them to prove their legitimacy this year going into the tournament. So I like Florida State plus one. All right. I like that as well. Um, sticking with college tomorrow night. Um, I like. West Virginia, Texas Tech game. I like West Virginia at home, minus one. Uh, they're notorious to have a great home crowd. Texas Tech, although they're ranked six right now, they've lost three in a row. Um, so they're trending downward, really not at the right time. Javon Carter just broke a record the other day, or uh, yesterday. They're just a great defensive team, wild team. I think I think they'll beat them by 7-8 at least. They're the better team trending upward, uh, like West Virginia at home. Yeah, I got little NBA action tonight. I'm taking the Cavs minus four and a half at home against the Spurs. I think that'll be a, a pretty good win for them. I don't think that the Spurs are really going to be able to keep up with this new team that they have. I think the uh, Cavs cover that easy. And that was talking best bets with uh, the extra point. <laughs> All right, now to move on to some topics, we're going to kick it off with the NFL. The big news coming out of Jacksonville is that they signed Blake Bortles to a contract extension that will keep him in Jacksonville through to 2020. It's a three-year, $54 million deal that will be worth up to $66.5 million with incentives, such as if he wins Super Bowl MVP. He gets $20 million in year one, $16 million in year two, and it counts against the cap of $10 mil. I think this is... It's, it's a good signing. I mean, I guess they want to just stick with Blake. They know Blake. That team rallied around him. You saw it in that Calais Campbell... Malik Jackson interview, they were writing for their dog, and I don't know, it's just kind of weird to see they have so much cap space, they could have drafted someone high and really taken them to the next level, but they're sticking with Blake. What are you guys' thoughts? Um, I, I'm not a fan of it. I think it's a good deal for both sides. I just don't, I think the Jaguars were tricked by Blake Bortles. Um, I think, I mean, some people say, you know, he's that one pass away from potentially going to the Super Bowl, uh, but he's just a very streaky quarterback. He, at times, is one of the worst players I've ever seen. Doesn't know why he looks like Brock Osweiler out there, and then sometimes he looks more than serviceable, as he did for three quarters against the Patriots. And I think that if he didn't play so well against the Patriots, if he would have shit the bed, they would be going for Kirk Cousins, which I think what they should be doing right now. I think if you they get Kirk Cousins with that defense, I think they're arguably the best team in football right now. But from the contract point of view, it's not a bad deal. It's three years, about $18 million a year. It's not bad. They can recover for it. It's not, not too long-term. So it's kind of like they do know what they're getting themselves into, and they could have a way get out of it in a couple of years i just I'm, I'm not a fan i just think i mean even even other lower caliber guys in the draft i think is better than blake I i'm just not a blake portals fan personally uh yeah i mean you know i'm kind of along the line same lines as sully um but what this does do for them is it lowers his 2018 cap hit so that gives him a little extra money to play with in this free agency so maybe they're figuring you know maybe they don't they know he's not you know, some stud quarterback, but they figure they have this window with this dominant defense of probably the next four to five years. Why not do it? Take whatever cap space they can to put weapons around Blake. And, yeah. you know, they're, they were one bad call and one catch away from a Super Bowl. Um, so, you know, I think it's definitely a small sample size. And I mean, you know, this is bomb before. Look at what the Vikings did or the Chiefs did with Matt Castle. Um, had one good season with the Patriots and just. <laughs> 
was not even an NFL quality quarterback after that. Um, so, you know, overall, I think, you know, I like Sully said, he, they may be the deal money wise isn't that bad. Um, it's a lot less than a lot of other quarterbacks are getting paid who haven't won playoff games. You know, I think it's about flexibility and seeing what they can do with this next two to three year window, um, giving them the most cap space. But after that, I mean, you know, they're going to have to make a decision for real. Now, what's their cap situation look like this year? Like, <laughs> How much money do they have? Because there's a couple guys out there. I mean, they they lay land someone like Jimmy Graham. He's a free agent. Get True. him in there as a tight end. That's scary. Even with Bortles, I mean, this is definitely they could have gotten better. Like Sully said, with Kirk Cousins, I think that would have been a better move. They had the chance to get rid of Blake and take no loss on it, and you know they kind of let that go. So you knew at that point they were probably sticking with him, but now that he's signed the deal, I think like Sully said, they could have gotten Kirk, could have been better, but they'll be good. They'll be good. Yeah. They're gonna they'll win their division. Well, who knows? Deshaun Watson if he comes back strong. Yeah, that'd yeah. be JJ Watt. And if JJ Watt ever is, right. his back ever gets fixed, um, the just answer are your exciting. Yeah, they are. Just answer your t- uh, your question, Tom. They have twenty one million in cap space available. Oh, so they could absolutely get someone like Jimmy Graham. Yeah, they could have gotten somebody very good. They still got at Robinson and uh, cornerback Aaron Colvin to re-sign, too. Oh, okay. So you so think Ro- Robinson's going to expect to be paid like a number one, so you're figuring at least 8 or $9 million a year. Right. I wouldn't pay Allen Robinson. I, I think they're going to, though. They're going to have to. I mean, that's he went down this year, but... I don't, I don't think they got some young receivers that are serviceable, but I, I don't. Allen Robinson had the one amazing year, and then he kind of... Then he regressed, and then last year he got injured. So I don't really think that accounts for being paid like a number one. I just yeah, and, I wouldn't pay him personally. And just to add, you know, kind of bring it all together, if you look at Blake, he was the 20th best quarterback per pro football focus standard. I don't buy into it much, but that's their rankings. His best year, he had 35. He threw for 35 touchdowns, 18 picks. That was in 2015. Last year, he threw for 21 touchdowns and 13 picks. Every single year since 2015, he has gotten worse. The Jacksonville Jaguars had the sixth best offense last year, 17th in passing. So they were. We all know they were a running team. They were fifth best in points per game. Now next year, if Blake doesn't get it together, teams are just gonna start stacking the box, and then. When Leonard Fournette can't get any traction going, they're going to be shit out of luck. That defense is good, but they're not going to carry them through 16 games and win them all. You know what I mean? I think they should have definitely gotten a, a better quarterback. They're sticking with him. This is what they got, so they got to make the best of it. Uh, another big splash in the NFL, Marcus Peters traded from the Chiefs to the Rams. What do you guys think about that? I definitely like I definitely like it a lot for the uh, Rams, I think. Pairing him with Tremaine Johnson can be a really deadly cornerback duo. I think you said it pretty well, Anthony, in your article there. 13th in pass defense last year. Good, not great. Now they'll be in the top five, easily top 10 range. Uh, that defense already has guys like Quinn, Donald, Barwin. You know, they got a lot of good players. Mark Barron. Um, they got a lot of good good players on that defense, and they just got a lot better. They're, you know, they're you, you give Wade Phillips uh, this type of talent. You know, who knows what he can do with it. Uh, 47 passes defended in his first two years. 21 picks in his first three years. The numbers speak for themselves at this point with Peters. A little disengaged last year. I understand why Kansas City wanted to get rid of him. There's some bad blood. The flag throwing thing, which was pretty hilarious, but not smart, yeah. <laughs> obviously. Um, but, but I, I understand what Kansas City's doing a little bit. They're, they're trying to go young. They're trying to get him out. Uh, they traded out, obviously, Smith. I just... 
for the Chiefs, I, I don't think this is the right move. For the short term, they're, they're going to struggle, I think, seven or eight wins next year. Um, I mean, they got Mahomes at the helm now. No Smith. There goes the ball control. There goes the back end of their defense, although they get Barry next. I think they regress, and I think the Rams are now my favorite for the to represent the NFC for sure. I'm, I would take them right now to go to the Super Bowl, if not potentially win it. Wait, before anybody else goes, Sully, I want to ask you a question because you just touched on you think they're Super Bowl favorites. Now, I did a little research, and they have the fifth toughest schedule next year based on strength of schedule and uh, 2017 records. Do you still think they could navigate through that and have a good record? Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, I like what the San Francisco 49ers are doing, but they're probably, I think people are jumping the gun a little bit too early on them. They'll probably win eight games this year, nine games. They're better than the Niners for sure. The Seahawks are trending down. We all know it. Absolutely. who knows? Who knows? Maybe Russell Wilson fucks with them a little bit. Maybe he stays an extra week with the Yankees. Who knows? Um, <laughs> you know, but they're they're trending downward for sure. And then you got what's the the Cardinals are trash right now. That I don't know what the Cardinals are doing. Uh, so they're gonna win that division, I think, easily. Even even if they win, they're gonna win no less than eleven games. I don't think it really matters their seeding. They they added Whitworth uh, last off season. They got a good offensive line. Gurley's a monster pounding the rock. Another year of development with Goff. Robert Woods, I think, is going to develop into a true number one. Cooper Cup will also continue to get better. Leaving Sammy Watkins to get third, that's fine. Yep. Do you think Watkins stays? Step up with Wade Phillips, yeah. obviously. Another year under Wade Phillips. So uh, to answer your question, yeah, I, I really like, I really like them to go to the Super Bowl. I think they were a year early this year. People people jumped on them early. Were saying, you know, they could go to the Super Bowl. They had the talent, but you need experience. And now they got some of the experience last year. And with McVay, McVay's a great young coach. I think now they know what to expect in the playoffs, the atmosphere, and they'll be ready next year. Yeah, and even to add to that, Dave, I think Sammy's definitely going to stay because it's such a savvy move. If you look at it, um, Marcus Peters is only going to count $1.71 million against the cap for the Rams this year because they're picking up his fifth option. So now they have $40 million in cap space to sign Aaron Donald and they're going to pay Watkins. They're going to pay, they're going to keep this court together and they're going to be, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. But what are your thoughts on the trade, uh, Jones? Um, you know, a lot of, I like same things about the Rams. It's Sully said, I think they're the clear favorite. Everyone in that division's going down or like San Francisco a year away for San Francisco. It's going to depend a lot on how they spend that enormous amount of cap space. They have clearly they've locked up Jimmy and Carlos hot is, you know, serviceable in the back. They're going to have to put some playmakers at wide receiver around him add some depth to that offensive line and definitely improve that defense um so you know i I agree with sully that i think san francisco is still a year away maybe eight nine wins at best if jimmy you know puts out performances like he was last year and then overall you know i think you know the rams will become an even more dominant defense than they already were um and run away with that division maybe 11 or 12 wins and at least an nfc championship appearance again um but i do like the sully said their experience um i don't know if the saints will match it their their year this year the vikings the eagles all of them were unexpected so who knows who's going to be at the top of that that list next year especially with all those roster moves for all those other teams yeah this was a crazy year for teams like this just kind of making their making their name known make asserting their position now i mean what eight of the 12 teams in the playoffs this year weren't in the playoffs last year that's crazy that's yes these teams are growing i mean this is going to add to their defense their secondary is going to go up a whole nother level with this. I mean, they already have the good pass rush. You have Aaron Donald had 11 sacks and five fumbles last year. You had uh, Connor Barwin was five sacks. Someone else, uh, Robert Quinn, eight and a half sacks. It's like their their pass rush is good. 
they're going to have this secondary now. It just they're, It's going to elevate them, and like you guys said, probably 11-12 wins in that division. You know, I think the Niners maybe win 10. I think the, they played pretty well in those last six games there. I mean, to run the table at the end there, that was that was pretty impressive. They had a win against the Jags. I know it was late in the season. The Jags rested some guys, but, I mean, they, they destroyed that Jags team that day. So yeah. I, I think a lot is to be said for that. But I definitely think this elevates the Rams, on at least defensively, and hopefully Gurley can come out have another good year. I'm losing. They're young. They're talented. Gotcha. Yeah, and just to kind of flip over back to the Chiefs, because I want to give a little expectations on them. They have actually the 19th toughest schedule, so they have one of the easiest schedules next year. I think they definitely regressed. I mean, you can't... If they would have kept Marcus Peters, David Emerson, and Kendall Fuller all together, Kendall Fuller played top five cornerbacks last year. If they would have kept that core and that nucleus together. Sure, they, they're going with Patrick Mahomes, who's not experienced and... We'll definitely turn the ball over more than Alex Smith, who was very savvy with limiting turnovers. I'm going to give them at least eight wins. I think they're definitely going to go down. They had ten wins this year. They'll lose two more games than they won last year. Yeah, I think I think it's a good trade for both sides. They were ne- Marcus Peters and the Chiefs were never headed for a long marriage, so might as well get rid of him now and get some value out of him, right? Yeah, when they traded for those two cornerbacks, it was over for Peters. Absolutely. Chiefs won't make the playoffs, though, hot take. No, they won't. I don't, think, I don't so. think they will either, but I, I think Andy Reid keeps them at eight, eight wins, seven, eight, nine wins. Yeah, I believe that. I just think Oakland's moving up, a, moving up for sure with Gruden. Last Denver year in Oakland, Kirk Cousins that would yeah. elevate them. Uh, San Diego really came. I mean, I said San Diego, L.A. The Chargers. They really uh, showed that they are a good team. They just lose so many close games. They're another good. They could finish third or fourth in that division. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I'm completely with you. The San Diego. I mean, L.A. <laughs> now I did it. <laughs> L.A., it's they hard. have a great defense. Like, they have a really good defense. It showed towards the second half of the season. Hayward is so underrated. So yeah. underrated. So underrated. He's possibly the best corner. Possibly. He will, he came in number one for pro football focus. Speaking about the NFL draft is coming up, and Bill Polling with some very interesting remarks about Lamar Jackson. He says that Lamar Jackson is short and should move to wide receiver. This is very interesting to me because some years back, when Johnny Football was up to be drafted. He said that the Browns owe it the Browns owe it to their fans to draft him at number four overall. Meanwhile, Johnny Manziel is six feet tall. Lamar Jackson is six three. So I really wanna know the whole reasoning that Bill Polian has for saying something like that because I think that Lamar Jackson far and above is a better quarterback than Johnny Manziel was after he left college. What do you guys think? Yeah, about definitely. That? I agree with you, Anthony. Um you know, I'm not going to take it too far and call, you know, obviously Bill Polian respected in his, I'm not going to yeah. call him a racist, but I think race definitely plays a part here um, because I completely agree with you. Lamar may be slight in frame, but he's not short. He's 6'3", as you said. He's he's taller, much taller than Johnny Football. Character-wise, is much better than Johnny from what we've seen, both on and off the field. So I don't really know what he's alluding to, being short or, yeah. I mean, he conducts himself a lot better than Johnny Johnny Football does, so it's kind of I mean there's a possibility that race does have does play a role in this because I mean take him fourth I mean that's 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 crazy I mean Johnny Football I mean what is he doing now we don't know what league <laughs> he's playing he's he's comeback he's season a, maybe yeah, he's comeback. playing in a spring league that's what he's playing right now <laughs> comeback season baby 
the new football league. What is it? The XFL. He yeah, he came and got in that because he was uh he was convicted of a crime. He's or, a felon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a felon. <laughs> yeah, because he's a felon. So I mean, so I, I think Bill is. Uh, I think he'll regret those marks a little bit. I think he's a little off base. I don't really. I don't know how much I see Lamar Jackson as a quarterback. Also, yeah. though, I I really like him as a potential just offensive weapon because I think he's not that big frame wise. Like he's a Michael Vick type. He's going to be dynamic, have really explosive games, but he's very easily t- to get hurt. Uh, in the NFL, um, so that may be what he meant to be saying, but I think he could be a very good receiver. I think he'd be a very good just offensive uh, jack-of-all-trades, like yeah. taller, bigger Alvin Kamara almost, like a receiver, running back, can Ooh. throw passes. I think yeah. he would just. I think he would benefit your team, though, regardless of where you put him. Where do you see guys see him going in the draft? I've seen him as high as eight, and I've seen him as low as the second round. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, really depending, he could – Tampa Bay, they're right around Tampa Bay, Chicago, San Francisco. That's seven through nine. I mean, the Raiders have uh, also have the ninth. Oh, they have a tie right now, so it's not that one's not decided yet. But I mean, his stats are pretty freaking good. I mean, thirty five hundred yards the past two seasons, thirty and nine two years ago, twenty seven and ten this year. I mean, again, it's in the ACC, but it's Louisville. He's still playing against ranked teams, probably seven weeks out of the year. I mean. Those are those are solid numbers. I think he's yeah. proven it two years in a row performing that well. Probably like two or three years ago, I when we first got introduced to him, I I probably would have agreed that he doesn't have the makeup of an NFL quarterback, but he's improved his quarterback play every year. Every um, year, yeah. So you know, maybe Polian's right. At the end of the day, he yeah. does end up becoming a wide receiver. But for me, I. I treat him the same way they treated Terrell Pryor when he came into the league. You you draft him as a quarterback, you you give it your your old college try to make him into a quarterback. Give him the opportunity. If it doesn't work out, you're you're still sitting on a 6-3 freak athlete who you can turn into a wide receiver. Where would you where would you take him? How high would you go? You give it the old the old the old college try. Talking first round pick, that's a potentially make or break for some franchises. Yeah, um maybe it's a team like the Bills who's got two back-to-back first rounders in the late 20 and 21, I think they are. 22 and 21. That's not a That'd bad. That would be a great They don't pick, know what they're actually. doing quarterback either. Maybe you sign a veteran to come in. for You sign a Sam Bradford for two years or, or Alex Smith for two, or Not Alex Smith. Um, Yeah, I guess Bradford for two years. Or even trade for a Trevor Simeon. Chase Keenum. And then you, you have Lamar up there developing. Take Just him around there, too. I'd take him in mid-late first, first round if he's available. I saw someone – I saw a mock draft that said that the Broncos at five would take him. I think that's a little bit too high. But yeah, in that comparison, yeah, that won't happen. But in comparison, if you people saying that his accuracy isn't that well, but if you compare him to Josh Allen, who people are saying is him and Sam Darnold right now going one or two, Josh Allen's completion uh, rating percentage this year was fifty six point three. Lamar Jackson's was fifty nine point one. You know what I mean? Like you can't really compare the two because one is a pure passer and the other is a runner slash passer. But he can make the throw, so I, I completely agree, Jones. You bring him in, give it the old college try, and see what you get. So who do you guys see going number one overall, though? I think the Browns, they might be dumb enough to take Josh Allen. And maybe it's not dumb, but, you know, he's clearly the highest ceiling and the highest floor, or highest basement, or lowest basement, yeah. I guess you should say. Um, yeah, but, I mean, every Mel Kuyper and McShay both agree that the Browns are going to take him at one. Uh, you know, obviously there's... A few iterations of the uh, mock drafts to come out bef- between now and 
and draft day, but I think he's going to be in the conversation. You know, you always know these quarterbacks are going to someone will trade up to get them. Like all four quarterbacks are going to be gone by like the twelfth pick. It just yeah. it's going to happen. So I don't I don't think anyone will get that deep. But I think Lamar's the kind of on the outside looking in as the fifth guy. But yeah, th- right now I think it's Allen, and unless some unless the Browns decide they're going to trade back for some reason and they go after Cousins and free agency. But even that's questionable. Even A.J. McCarron, but who who knows yeah. what the deal with that is. They have one and four, too. So, I mean, they could exactly. even they could even, number one, take, like, Barkley, take a running back, get him in there, add that, and then you also get another quarterback. You could get Sam Darnold still, probably Josh Rosen. Allen might still be there, I mean, at four. Yeah. It might not be a bad idea for them to take someone else and then go quarterback yeah. second because they need a quarterback. <laughs> Yeah, because the the Colts aren't going to go quarterback. So you no. know if there's four guys at quarterback, you know you're getting one of them. You're going to get your choice of three out of the four because the Giants, assuming the Giants take one. Yeah, right. Which yeah, they, that should. Would be a, they should. That would be smart of them, Tom, because I don't think any of the first three teams would take Josh Allen. I think it would be similar to a the move that the Celtics did with Tatum trading back. Right, almost. that was that was a genius. Move. I think that yeah. it's similar, although they wouldn't have to trade back. No one's going to, I don't think, the Giants, I think, are pretty set on Rosen, in my opinion. Although yeah, still, I, I, think I think they're they, teetering between Rosen's Rosen and guy. Darnold. Rosen's the smart pick. If they took Barkley, one, like you're saying, I think the Colts really see him at three, and they have an old Frank Gore and can be a good uh, veteran presence to him. Uh, I think they're either looking at a lineman or, or Barkley, so you kind of steal him there, then the Colts kind of don't really know what to do. Maybe they take, you know... No, they probably go defense then if the Colts... Yeah, they probably go defense, like Fitzpatrick or, or someone, and then... Or, or Chubb, and then from uh, where is Tennessee it? From State. Georgia. And then you, oh, that you go back, and then you get uh, Allen at four. Or you see the quarterback that's left, and maybe they're not confident in their quarterback scouting and just say whoever's left will take. Yeah, I mean, they're going to get at least at least their pick of two because, one, they took that means there's three picks left, and then even if the Giants and the Colts both take a quarterback, they still got two out of the four left to pick from. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, just correction, Chubb, the, Chubb, the defensive end from uh, NC State, not not the Chubb from Georgia, the running back. Oh, touching on running back, so there's a lot of like second-tier running back talent that you can grab in the second and third round. There is, year. like Sonny Michelle yep. from Georgia. Yeah, Sonny Michelle, both Chubb and, and Michelle from Georgia. He's a tank. Um, yeah, oh, man. I, I like to see him go my package. I, I, I like Sonny. I, I I like him as like an Alvin Kamara. Yeah, they should have fed him more in that Georgia game. But keeping it in Cleveland and changing sports for a bit, let's talk a little NBA. And it's time to start asking damn question. Where the hell is LeBron James going to be playing? And I know you guys might have some insight on that. So take it away, Sully. Let's see. What do you think? Where is he going to be? All right. So I think that after LeBron's comments this weekend, or this week, I should say, about saying that. Adam Silver shouldn't get crazy and shake up the uh, the playoffs to the one to sixteen, um, which would have you know get rid of the Eastern and Western conferences. I think this is an indicator that although he may not have his mind set up, I think he's leaning towards staying in the East because the East obviously in recent years is notoriously for being easier. Stay. Although in the last fourteen years, six of the eighteen, six of the fourteen times. The comp, the champion from the NBA has come from the East. Recently, it's clearly favored to the West. The talent, everyone's going there from Jimmy Butler. There's not many stars in the East right now. I think he wants to stay in the the easy, weaker East. And I think he goes to the Philadelphia 76ers with his boys, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Who knows what the hell you get with Mark? Markel Fultz at this point. Possibly see if they can retain J.J. Redick. Really like Dario Saric. Um, very good young player. 
They got a lot of talent there. I think he goes there, or it's possible that he stays with the Cavs as long as they can clear up enough space for him. Obviously, with the with that trade, with those trades, they have all those players locked in for another year or two in Hood, Hill, Clarkson, Nance. So now the Cavs look like they are doomed, and now they they have a shot at keeping him. I don't know if it's great, but I'd say it's twenty to twenty five percent at least that he stays there. But I think he goes, to, and if he doesn't, if he does go to the West, probably the Lakers or Houston. But I think he stays in the East based on those comments. Because why, why would he, you know, Adam Silver's been a genius. Everything he touches turns to gold lately, as you see with the All-Star game. And now he's like, whoa, 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 whoa let's not get too crazy there. Yeah. Oh, what are you thinking? I think, I think he's thinking staying in the East. Yeah, wait, let me stop you real quick before anybody else goes. If he goes to Houston, I'll stop watching basketball because that would be <laughs> fucking insane. All right, Jones, you were about to say something? Uh, yeah, um, I, I agree with Sully that his comments are clearly pushed or motivated by something. Uh, you know, it's one of the biggest reasons people either love or hate LeBron so much is that no word that comes out of that guy's mouth doesn't have an ulterior motive behind it. It doesn't have – it's it's calcu- everything he says and does is calculated. He, um, right. It's part of the reason he's so successful, but it's also part of the reason that a lot of people hate his personality despise um, yeah so and you know i'm one of them so yeah uh, it's i think those are the teams like in, in the if he does go to the west it's it's definitely la or houston i think for the first time in lebron's career factors outside of basketball are going to play into this decision i still think basketball the situation of basketball is going to be the most important but you know if it's it's a tie you know ty's going to go to the runner in la because he's got two houses there and he can work on movie stuff and post-basketball career stuff while still playing, not to mention he's going to be playing for the Lakers. Houston, obviously he'd like to go there, but play with his, you know, his banana boat boys, but they're going to have real trouble cap wise. um, Just trying to re-sign Chris Paul, let alone bringing in someone else. Um, They're going to, they would have to make a, a, a number of deals and get, you know, favorable breaks from other teams to even get them done. And they don't even really have the assets draft wise to, entice players and also with la the reason i think la is still in play is because of their cap space uh they have enough for two guys now if they do what we talked about last week sending dang away and and that first round pick they got from the Cavs. that's three max guys you're telling me lebron wouldn't go play with the lakers they as they are plus paul george and boogie like that's that's pretty that they're probably better than the warriors at that point um and yeah i mean the east the east is clearly going to be easy so i think like Sally said, there's, there's, there wasn't a chance he was going to stay in Cleveland before the trade deadline. There now is. I don't think it's big, but I, it's now on the table. I think ultimately I have to agree with Sully that he does go to Philly. You take LeBron and put him on that Philly team today, they're the best team in the Eastern Conference. And the reason I don't like it, you know, Philly's younger um, than the, than even the new Cleveland guys. I, I like the roster that Cleveland has, but I don't think they're a sustainable championship roster, even with the new additions. Um, it's, you know... Yes, it's a huge improvement of where they are, but they were playing like not even a playoff team before that, so it was pretty pretty easy to improve on what they where they were. And I think the he, he probably even would have taken meetings with the Spurs and Knicks before the Kawhi drama and the KP injury, but I think that's off the table now. It only even just narrows the possibilities of where he could be. But uh, I agree. I think he ultimately, realistically, it'll come down to Philly or LA, um, and it'll be which wins out basketball or off the court stuff. Yeah, I think a big thing he's going to look at is 
how the teams end up this year, how they're looking for the future. I mean, like you said, L.A., they have the room to sign a few guys, two at this point, possibly three if they can figure that out. I mean, even if they got just LeBron and Paul George this year and the next year bring in someone like a Clay Thomas, a Clay Thompson into that, that'd be a great team as well. That could compete with anybody, those three. Yeah. I mean, you have the young talent there too. Kuzma's good if Lonzo can get his game game up a little. I mean, that'd be a solid team. That'd be a deep yeah. team. You could go you could go seven, eight deep there. Philly, definitely enticing as well. I mean, you have Joel Embiid, he's a monster. Simmons is gonna be a beast. You just you have a lot of talent there. Obviously not as much money there as there is in LA. And then like you said, he's got the two houses there, spends a lot of time there as it is. Who doesn't want to live in California? I mean, Philly, California, I think you're taking L.A. in that <laughs> just on location every yeah. single time. Every like, time. There's yeah. a, I mean, let's face it. LeBron likes the warm weather. He's been dealing with Cleveland again for the past few years. He's getting sick of it. I think he goes to L.A. ultimately. I think he's going to want to go there. I mean, he'll want to bring back like that Showtime Lakers thing. He'll want to. How cool would it be if he could go and just win three more championships in L.A.? And, like, kind of rub that in, like, Kobe's face. Be like, oh, yeah. And then I went and won three championships in your town. Add I to would the be Goat so debate. depressed. I love Kobe <laughs> so much. Like, I love Kobe, too. I love I, Kobe. I would fan, be depressed. Him, but, oh. Kobe I mean, recently just said he thinks LeBron's the greatest player of all time also. Interesting. <clears throat> I don't care who says it. I, it could be MJ himself. I'll never accept it. I hate LeBron. He's great, though. I, I think he's great. <laughs> he's I, am so I hearing this right? <laughs> that... Tom, you used to think that he was going to Philly, correct? And Jones, you thought he was going to L.A. Now you guys have flipped. Oh, we flip-flopped. We flip-flopped. You guys flip-flopped. <laughs> and next week it might change back. Yeah, right? <laughs> no, it's still, it's still very early. As Tom said, it, it depends on how teams finish. It depends yeah. on possibly injuries. Like the, I mean, like you said, the Kawhi thing, that, that takes the Spurs out of it. Yeah, yeah speaking he, about the Kawhi thing. He's not going there now. I mean, I mean, two years, Kawhi could go to the Lakers, too. And who was able to free up cap space too? Agreed. Speaking speaking of Kawhi, we see that he's now possibly out for the year, and that his relationship with the Spurs has been very icy and very strained because he hasn't agreed with how they've handled the situation. The doctors just cleared him to come back and play. He's saying he's not going to play because he's still in pain. What do you think this does to affect their championship hopes? I mean, I don't think anyone had them realistically without Kawhi winning anything, but. What what will where will they end up now? They're at the three seed now. Do you think they fall? They're gonna fall. They're gonna fall big time. If you look at the standings, they are two games back from the eight seed in New Orleans. That's crazy. That that the four seed or the three seed is the Timberwolves ten and a half back, and then New Orleans is thirteen. So that means two and a half games separate the three seed from the eight seed right now in the West, and then the Clippers are one game behind them, fourteen back. So I don't think they'll completely miss the playoffs. They they won't because of Popovich, but they're going to fall. I think they're going to fall to Portland will go up. I like Denver a lot. Uh, the Thunder will go. I think they finish at the seventh seed, and I think they get Houston in the first round, Houston or Golden State. And I think they whoever either Houston gets the revenge or Golden State blows them out easily like last year. And, you know, I think you're looking at a, f- a five-game lose loss in the first round. And they're out. They're done. This whole thing is interesting. I mean, part of me feels like Kawhi says he doesn't want to play because he knows he's not going to be at 100%, and he's really looking for that Supermax next season. He wants to go out and make as much money as possible. And if he goes out there and isn't Kawhi 
for the rest of the season and he's half-assing it or he's playing hurt or whatever the circumstances are and he doesn't play up to his potential, there goes his chance at the money he wants. I think it's going to be pretty interesting seeing what teams go after him after this year. But, I mean, without him, the Spurs are not the same team. They're not a playoff team. They're going to be on the cusp right there at the end. I think they're going to start losing a ton of games coming up. you got to figure, I'm not too sure on this, but I think they have at least one more matchup with Houston, Golden State, and um, OKC. So, I mean... At least one more against each of those teams. There's probably three losses right there. I mean, OKC depends on the night. Like you see the other night against the Warriors, they just get blown out. It's kind of disheartening because you want the, I want that team to be good. I want them to really find a consistent stride. But the West is not it's a place tough. where you can be. It's too tough. It's not a place where you can be without your centerpiece of your team. It's just not going to happen for them. I, I think they could, you know... They could finish anywhere because of how you how Sully said the the eighth and eight to three is so so close. close. Um, one or two, you know, bad breaks and you go from three to six uh, by the end of the year. Um, but you know they've been playing without Kawhi for almost the entirety of the season. He's played nine games or ten ten games, something like that. So I I think they could still hold their own. I don't. I think depending on the matchup, they can maybe get a first round win, but obviously nothing nothing more than that. Um, I think Kawhi, from his perspective, he's looking at what happened to Isaiah Thomas last year. He came back early from that hip injury. Yeah. He wasn't quite the same, and then you know he Boston saw him as damaged goods. I mean, obviously there were other reasons. You know, he's not as great as people think, um, even when healthy. But you know, he he basically got screwed by Boston, and he definitely is going to lose money this summer over it. Um, and Kawhi's got $209 million on the uh, sitting on the table for ready to sign if he remains at the same status he is now. So I think there's validity in him not wanting to play this year if he's not 100%. And I think that's where the, the disagreement you're hearing about out of the team is coming from. Uh, long term, I don't think... I, I mean, I think it's a possibility that he leaves, but, I, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge went as far as demanding a trade this summer, this past offseason. Yeah. And Pop just kind of sat down and was like, uh, you know, I've never had anyone do that in my career. So he just sat down and was straight up with LaMarcus, and they talked it out and got him to, you know, sign an extension. So I think Kawhi could potentially go through the same kind of conversation with Pop at some point if it got to that where he was actually considering leaving. Um, but So I'm not, like, too worried long-term, but, I mean, it's definitely a situation that has has to be dealt with. Yeah. What I think should happen, tying into Kawhi, I think Kawhi should be able to punch Sasa Pachulia straight in his fucking face. I think Sasa <laughs> is such a dirty player. And we saw it again yesterday with him falling on is. Russell Westbrook. And then yeah, he just ca- fell on him. You yeah. see Russ after the game? The reporter yeah. asked him, he's like... <laughs> Russ, like, the fuck you think this is? He's like, you fucking watch the game? You see what I say? Like, you watch the game? He's like, oh, I didn't see the play. He's like, don't ask me stupid fucking questions. <laughs> he just doesn't care. And then even Kyrie, because they posted it, and then Kyrie commented it on it on IG, and he said, the league needs to take a look at Saza. This, this guy is constantly going out there trying to injure yeah. people. They do. I mean, all he can do is pass. Yeah, I really don't know how he's got. Center and that's he's it. a bum. He's, he, that's all he can do, which is terrible if you're a center. He's a psychopath. Absolutely. Like, imagine they just replaced him with Chris Bosh. <laughs> Dude, you imagine that on the Warriors? How'd you feel about that, Sully? It'd be over. <laughs> <laughs> It'd 
over. <laughs> Sully, you said that with such sadness just thinking about it. Speaking yeah, of injuries, I, mean, I wouldn't like to see my boy Bosch on the, on the Warriors. Speaking I don't of think injuries, he would go there though. I don't think he would. No? I, I think he would go to Houston before there though. I think so too. I think he would definitely yeah. go to Houston. I need I need Bosch to come back. There was a lot of funny ass memes and gifs of Chris Bosch. Yes. Um, there. <laughs> Dinosaur looking motherfucker. <laughs> Dinosaur. <laughs> a lot of other stuff. Let's say that. Uh, another injury that just happened was Jimmy Butler and his leg. Uh, Tom, what do you think are the implications of that? What do you think happens with Minnesota right now? That's a big loss for them. I mean, they still have Cat. They still have Wiggins. They still have Teague. They're, they're still a great team without him. It sucks. You hate to see that. I'm glad it's not an ACL tear. I'm glad it's not his MCL. Like, meniscus tear. He's going to get the surgery. He could be back in six weeks. You know, right in time for the playoffs. They're still going to be a playoff team even without him. Where they finish now, though, the same position as the Spurs. I mean, there's so little that separates those three through eight. And I didn't even realize that they were all, like, the Timberwolves are ten and a half games out of first. The Warriors in Houston ran away with that conference. And, I mean, the same thing's kind of happening in the East. But regardless, I think this sucks. I hate seeing players go down like this. Like, even as much as I hate the Cavs, like, seeing Kevin Love go out for an extended period of time, it sucks. You see all these season-ending injuries this year. It's like, especially for me, seeing Hayward go down in the first five minutes of the season was like, this has been a really, it's been a sad year to see guys go down. I hate it. I hate Dude, it. Dude, injury time's up like 50% this year. Number oh. of games missed. Cousins, another terrible injury. Oh, oh awful. awful. I mean, Cousins, KP, Kawhi, Boogie, I mean, not Boogie, uh, you know, all these guys. Kurt, wall. Uh, love. Yeah, Wall. Love. Hayward, it's like, oh, hey, it sucks. Hey, Mike these... Conley is out. And, yeah, Conley, that's like, you know, it's 10 former All-Stars. It's it's crazy. crazy. And it's not even only the NBA, not, you know, in the NFL too, the whole list of people who were injured this year <clears throat> could have been a Super Bowl team by itself. So there's just injuries going around all sports right now. Keeping it in basketball, though, the NCAA scandal going on right now, being linked you know, being tied to how the whole MLB steroid scandal was going on. Basically, at first, there was little information coming out. Guys were ge- getting nailed here and there. But now it's just full-blown coming together. There's a lot of shit. You know, the Arizona guy, Sean Miller, uh, being wiretapped. Speaking about a $100,000 payment to DeAndre Ayton. You know, P.J. Dozier getting over 6000 from South Carolina. Dennis Smith Jr. got a 5K figure in college isaiah whitehead got over five figures at Seton hall this is crazy going on right now and this is going to change the whole landscape of the game we talked about it a little bit last week but jones this is really like starting to get deep what do you think and here we fucking go (laughs) um this is this is the first domino to fall i talked about it last week that it was kind of on the back burner in in the news cycle because we hadn't really gotten heard any big names or or numbers yet, or schools, um, but when Yahoo broke this, I, I got the notification on my phone, I was just like, all right, five more years, let's get ready for this, because it's not going away, um, and I think this this story will be a, a story that's like in the news for three to, three to five years. Um, I think it's going to be a complete revamp of the entire mm-hmm. college system. Uh, it's clear that there's no way to really, like, fully stop this with once you see how deep this goes i mean once we get past the fact that you know our fbi took three years out of their time to 
you know, take away from kids getting what they deserve. Um, we we have to like <laughs> be sh- kind of like shocked. I mean, it's it's all stuff we knew, but once you really see the names and numbers tied to it, it's like it makes it real, and you're like, oh shit, like 100k for DeAndre Ayton. Um, yeah. Now now they have like I think they said 3,000 hours of of audio files to go through, and they that was in like the first few that they found, but they still have no transactional records of the of the money actually being passed on yeah. you know you could say you're gonna pay a hundred thousand say i pay 40 million for him if it, if a cent never changes hands there's nothing illegal about it exactly uh, in american law or under ncaa um i mean it's obviously not frowned upon but like you know it's a you know where there's where there's smoke there's probably fire exactly um but I, I just hope timing with this is going to be a big thing. Um, I hope they don't punish players. If you want to punish coaches, it's I get it. But at the end of the day, none of these guys should be punished because it's the system that's broken. It's not their fault. Um, I understand. Obviously, there's rules that have to be abided by. But you know, at the end of the day, it's you do what you can do to put the best program out there um, when you have hundreds of millions of dollars at stake. What's a hundred k if you can keep it on the hush hush? Um, but I think this is going to be a over the next like few years. It's going to be a complete revamping of the NCAA, and if they don't revamp it, the NCAA simply just won't exist anymore. Or at least they won't govern basketball and football programs because all the top schools will just be like, yeah, we're, you know, we don't really need you anymore. We'll negotiate our own TV deals. You can keep your ten twenty percent your your tournament. We'll go have our own with you know the thirty best schools in the nation. And each representative will have each school have two representatives in this you know committee, and that and they'll make their own rules. Then whether it's a, a salary structure, uh, a salary cap, um, but even you know with that, it's going to be so hard to govern themselves beyond additional corruption. Because yeah, they could have you know 100k towards the Andre Andre Ayton on the salary cap, but he's also getting 500k under the table, yeah. and it's just the same thing with more money. Um, but this is a lot, like a lot of stuff with, you know, especially with gambling, with weed and all that. It's the the government's money's changing hands, and the government's or not the NCAA's not not getting a cut, and that's what the problem is. Um, and they're they're gonna have to figure out a way to do it that everyone get, is happy because there's no way that it can, can continue on like this. Because what are they gonna do? Suspend thirty five schools from the tournament? You know, fucking Harvard and <laughs> and St. John's are gonna be one yeah. seeds. <laughs> it's just yeah. like and and you're gonna put a stain on your your premier event your billion dollar event um there's just no need for it um i don't know it's just they're they're so quick to blame coaches and stuff and and ad's but like even patino like there's no actual proof that he had knowledge of the stripper party or anything of that that night they just lost a championship for he was just yeah. the man in charge. It was one of those, okay, well, you either knew or it was your job to know and you didn't know. Either exactly. way, you're fine. You know, it, it, but there was, there's still no actual proof of him doing anything wrong actively. It was just negligence, you know. Um, so, I, you know, I think this is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, I think we'll hear even higher dollar amounts, even crazier stories about different things done. Um, I think it'll go back years before this because um, once you start talking to people once things gets uncovered and once people start throwing around jail sentences and fines people start talking um, exactly. 
and you know things are going to come up. Uh, so uh, you know I think this is said it a million times, but it's going to either be the death of the NCAA or completely reshape college sports. It'll be a major news story for the next few years, and we are just getting started. So do you think the NCAA should start paying players? I think I don't think the NCAA should. Um, maybe they should, but I, maybe a small fee or a portion of it, but or pay them per game for the tournament. Maybe yeah. they get each player gets 10k for every tournament win, um, something like that. You know, obviously yeah. the numbers I have no idea about, but I think that'll be on on the schools because they're the one bringing in the money. Okay, yeah. Uh, so and uh, but I think more than paying it, it's it's giving the players the ability and the platform to make their own money based on their fame in college. Like they sell jerseys with their names on them, but you can't go sign an autograph on that jersey. Yeah, like what? It ties back to even what the whole big scandal with the Fat Five and that they were selling merch and all that. And, you know, there was a huge fallout for years after that. And the NCAA was making, well, the school, University of Michigan, was making hundreds of thousands, not millions of dollars off that of that recruitment class. Yeah. You know, they, they should definitely, I think they should be able to be able to make money. But it gets really tricky if you say the school should pay them. And it's funny because I was thinking about it. I, I was, yeah, they should pay them. But then schools would probably be like, well, we're going to take away your scholarship and then you have to pay for your own school. So then it kind of, you know, it will roughly kind of screw them in the end. You know what I mean? But another thing that's not being talked about is fucking LeVar Ball. Put oh, himself yeah. in a good position. I mean, how how has there ever been a better time to try and start this type of league than right now? Like, he's he's walking into a perfect situation. Not to say it'll be successful or it'll happen, but I don't think you could have planned it any better of a setup for him. He's Absolutely. got a, he, he's got real money coming in. He, he can make it happen this summer. He doesn't have to wait for the NCAA to draw up new rules, figure out who's getting what caught of what. Come play for me. I got a check for you and a, and a spot in front of a lot of press. Well, it's like even Adam Silver wants to start that league where you would, they would do the, yeah, and they would do the draft, and teams would draft these players, and then they play. They'd have to play two seasons, I think, in it, and then they would redraft. Then they would be eligible for the actual NBA draft. And I mean, you develop those players in there for the teams already, and like they whatever they call it, it'd be like equivalent to like the D League. They go and yeah. they develop there. It'd be they'd just be playing basketball. They wouldn't have to be going and faking their way through school like most of these guys do. You take away all the bullshit from it. They can just focus on basketball. You're creating a better product two years down the line. Like imagine, like for me, like Tatum and Brown playing in this league for two years together for one of them and then alone for one of them. So they'd really be the stars on that. And then coming out and getting drafted and playing in this or anyone like Ben Simmons, any of these guys getting two years of just basketball. (laughs) It'd It'd make such a better product. The rookies coming into the NBA would be insane. Yeah, yeah because it, it, I think there is a real lacking in in quality talent right out of the gate in the NBA. Right. Um, back, you know, like 15, 20 years ago, mm-hmm. guys would walk into the NBA from college, like the top college players, been there three, four years, and they'd just be great, like instantly. Yeah. Um, and it just doesn't happen with the same rate as it does today. And I think it's be, it's clearly because one year in college isn't enough, but it's also, it's that's overridden by the rule that you can't, prevent people from making money off their craft like when there's an option available to do so um because you only play sorry you only play 32 games in college some teams like you don't have that's almost a third not a little more than that of the nba season the product would be so much better so i think that'll maybe that's something that if they do add in payment of some kind or you know ability to make money then that's something that'll keep 
the you know everyone happy because like if you let them make money like let them go to a car dealership and sign autographs for five thousand dollars like yeah. nothing comes out of the school's pocket you'd make a system where like the appearance is is approved pre beforehand by the school or the ncaa and that's it everybody wins no no money comes from ncaa no money comes from the school that only increases this player's brand for the nfl and for the remainder of the time he's at the school and everybody wins and the you know the money comes from the consumers exactly well speaking of getting paid sully i got a little question for you switching topics uh going to the mlb J.D. Martinez just signed a $110 million five-year contract with the Red Sox. He can, he can opt out after year two. What do you think about this contract given? You know, I don't know how many people value wins and plus replacement. He was 157th in the league in war this year. So what do you think about that contract? I think it's a solid solid deal for the Sox because it's just a move they quite simply had to, had to make. Um his war is 4.1, so it is good. I didn't know it was that low down, 157th, but yeah. he still he still is valuable. Um, yeah. I think more importantly, what he's going to do, other than hit 40 to 50 home runs, is he takes a lot of pressure off the rest of that lineup. Uh, and Andrew Benatendi, Mookie Betts, these guys aren't necessarily pure power hitters. They don't have to try and be those type of players now. They can just play their game. they got a lot of good players. Uh, Bradley, they have a lot of, like, they have a lot of guys that can really play well, but they're not exactly power uh, hitters and batters. So I think it'll take a lot of pressure off, and I think it'll really help the Red Sox offense and their home run total. I think they'll be middle of the pack, if not higher, in home run total just from this signing alone. And I think this puts them pretty much even far with the Yankees, maybe a little step below, but I think this really is going to be a toss-up. It's going to come down pitching a book moving forward. It's going to come down to the David Price's, uh, the Rick Porcellos, the Tanaka's, the Sabathia's of these teams to decide who really wins this division, and it will come down to the last weekend, in my opinion. Go ahead, Jones. Uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't have much more to add on to what Sully said. Um, I think he nailed it, but I I think it's going to be one in the back ends of these rotations and the bullpens. You know, Boston... Yes, the, because JD's playing at at DH, um, I think it does bring them up to closer to the Yankees. Um, you know, the, I've heard a lot of the comparisons of JD and Mike Stanton's numbers at the plate, um, which are pretty similar over the past two or three years. Um, actually, scarily identical. But I think you know Stanton brings more tools to the table than JD does as a full baseball player. Um, Stanton will play if not every game, a majority of the games in the field this year probably split between left and right field. Um, I know Ashman talked to Judge about kind of rotating uh, between him, Hicks, Gardner, like a, a four-way rotation of the three outfield positions and DH. Um, so I think they keep Stanton and Judge in the corners, but, you know, it'll be a, it'll be interesting to see how the Yankees take that. But, I you know, I think JD was a move they had to make, and and they did it, and it's going to be one hell of a battle this year. Yeah, relating to what uh, you said, Sully, about how having him in the lineup kind of takes the pressure off the other guys. So this is going to be similar, I think, to when we had Ortiz still and we had these other young guys. So 2016, you had Ortiz had 38 home runs, 127 RBIs, Betts with 31 home runs, 113, 
And then Hanley, 30 home runs and 111 RBIs. So last year, Hanley really was the power hitter, which was not the best case scenario. That was <laughs> That's not what you want. You need him it's not. to be able to do his thing. You need him to just not have the pressure. Because when he has the pressure, it gets too much for him. It weighs down on him. It bogs down his game. He's not the same guy. When he had a guy like Ortiz who was in his retirement season, dude's taking a victory lap, and he's going out and hits 38 home runs at that age. I mean, that takes the pressure off. And you see a guy like Mookie Betts. I could see Mookie having another year this year that puts him in the MVP discussion. I mean, you saw it that year. I think this could be a really big year for him with J.D. coming in. Like you said, I see him hitting between, I'd say, 35 and 45. I don't know that he'll get towards 50. I think it might be a little bit of an adjustment for him playing here. You know, I mean, left field, that could be a bitch. (laughs) A ball that you'd hit out of other parks. I mean, you're worrying about hitting over a 37-foot wall. It's not... Not ideal, but I think this is a good move. Definitely one, like everyone said, needed to be made. It definitely puts them right neck and neck with the Yankees, and I can't wait. September is going to be fun. September is going to be a fun month. There's always we're good for usually two Red Sox Yankees series. Yeah, one in both yeah. parks, so that'll be that'll be a fun end to the season for sure. And speaking of the Yankees, they just made some moves themselves in a three-team trade with Arizona sending Drury to the Yankees. They res- Arizona receives Steven Souza from Tampa. So do you think these moves kind of, do you think that they improved the Yankees? What do you think are the implications? I know that Souza going to Arizona gives them a little speed on the base pass and whatnot. What do you think are the implications of these moves? Uh, for the Yankees, I, I think it just gives them uh, more experience and depth at and versatility uh, in the infield. They were set to have two rookies starting at second and third. Um, so they'll probably play him at third and, uh, you know, kind of shift him around in between there if, when needed. Um, I think it's just he's a he's a player who's efficient, um, scrappy, uh, good defensively, and he, he really could kind of turn on the Jets this year if given some stability um, in his role. So... Hopefully they can find that for him, um, and maybe they see something that the rookies aren't ready yet to play full time in the field. So we'll see. I mean, it can't hurt. Uh, it's a cheap deal, you know. Get a get a player who can play multiple positions. Why not? Decent bat. Throw him in the mix. Yeah, and just to piggyback off that, Jones. Um, another, I think, reason um, is obviously you don't want to go with those two rookies in, and now they don't have to start labor in the majors and. Now they they'll get another year of control over him by not having him on the MLB roster day one. They can have Drury, um, they can have Drury in that position until you know a few weeks or a month and bring him up, and then they get that another year of control. But yeah, as you said, well said. It's he's a good bat, solid. They don't need him to be anything special. Hit for average, get on base, two, hit two seventy five, two eighty like the rest of his career. And then I think a real underrated part of this deal is Steven Souza Jr going to the Diamondbacks as the Tampa Bay Rays, like their fellow Floridian Marlins, are just selling everyone. That's just a fire sale. They're just selling everyone. It's crazy. You got to feel a little bit for these organizations. Like, you got Corey Dickerson gone, Souza, Duda, Morrison, all these guys from both these uh, Florida teams are just being sold, and it's crazy because they're good players. Steven Souza, interesting sack, a 4.21 war. And JD's was only 4.1. So really, this is 
a wash almost for them because yeah. of Sousa's defense and speed, as you alluded to. He's His war is point one higher than JD, so it's a much more cost-efficient move for them. Uh, Steven Sousa's a great outfielder, as we know from SportsCenter. He's always diving around the field. Uh, he gives speed, and he's got underrated power at 30 home runs last year. So this is a really solid, sneaky move by the Diamondbacks, and they could contend for that wild card with this, I think, for sure. I think they're still very much in there, and I potentially better than the Giants. They're going to be right there with them. So I think it's a very good move for both both those two teams. Um, and it's a quiet move, but it's a good one that'll make some differences. It also probably means Archer is gone in the next couple of weeks or definitely by the trade deadline. Yeah, he's definitely gone. So there's another starting pitcher for whoever quality two. Yeah, whichever one of the six best teams needs a pitcher for the back end of the year. Man, it must be tough being a, a Rays fan, and Longo kind of said <laughs> it too. He last just feel bad for that fan base because they're doing a lot of moves that are just hurting that whole fan base. I mean, they're not going to be contenders this year, and God knows when they're going to be contenders again. Yeah, it terms really of record. sucks. It really sucks. All right, so we're going to finish it off with one final question, and this one's for you, Sully. I know your team needs a quarterback, and Kirk Cousins is on the market. There's talks about them giving him $150 billion at this point. I don't know what the price tag is, but what do you think about Kirk Cousins? Do you guys do you want right. him? What do you think is going to happen? What do I think about Kirk Cousins? I have always been a big Kirk Cousins fan. Do you like that? Yes, I do like that. I'm a big <laughs> fan of him. Let me just read you the New York Jets starting quarterbacks since the year 2000 so we can get a little bit in my head, in my perspective, what I've been going through since I was seven years old. Vinny Testaverde, start off. Good quarterback. I, I will give him that. Vinny Testaverde. Chad Pennington, also serviceable. Quincy Carter. Brooks Bollinger. Kellen Clemens. An old Brett Favre with a torn bicep. <laughs> and, the dick, and the dick picks. And the dick picks. Greg McElroy, who's now an announcer on SC, uh, on, in college football uh, in SEC. Geno Smith, the infamous. Michael Vick, Ryan Pixpatrick, as we call. Notice Pixpatrick. He throws so many picks. Uh, Bryce Petty, Josh McCown. Noted who is not on here, Christian Hackenberg, because yeah. he cannot get on the field for a snap or a knee because he can't he can't hit anyone. So that's <laughs> that's great. So I think that's thirteen or fourteen names I read off since year two thousand, and I'm just sick of it. The fans are sick of it. Um, as Jet fans, it's just it's just a bunch of shit, and we need stability at the quarterback position. I know a lot of people say it's too much money. I say anything you give them almost anything, as long as it comes down to thir- thirty-two to thirty-three million a year is as high as they'll go for him. And I know that would put him at the highest quarterback of all time. But for me, you got to consider with these quarterbacks, it's all about timing. Whether it's Stafford, Garoppolo, it's 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 whoever's next, yeah. the big. The big, the next guy up, and then he gets the biggest one. And it's always Flacco is biggest at one point. I think Eli is biggest, and it's not the best. Eventually, obviously, when Aaron Rodgers just do, he'll 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 be the next. And it's just it's just an order. And whatever your contract's up, you're gonna if you're a top half of the league quarterback in today's NFL, you basically need a top half of the league NFL quarterback. Kirk Cousins is that for me. I think he's around 12th, 13th best quarterback in my opinion. I I would put him around there. He's not amazing. Yeah. He's good. Sometimes he'll make some throws that make you shake your head. But overall, he's a good quarterback. He's gritty. I like his passion. I like his energy. 
He would give us stability at the position. We still have a ton of cap room. We're going to cut Matt Forte, get save three million. Cut Muhammad Wilkerson. That's another eleven million. We're going to have near ninety million. So, if we throw a ton at him, we still got more. We can draft someone else at six, whether it's Fitzpatrick or a pass rusher like Chubb from NC State. Uh, who knows? Maybe Barkley somehow is available. Some people say to go Manziel. I mean, not Manziel. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Some people say go Mayfield. Oh, Allen. But those guys aren't definites for me. I've had enough gambling as a Jet fan. I'm sick of it. As I said, I, I'm not going to be gambling on these guys that are no. There's no first. There's no no doubters in this draft at quarterback. There's some guys you like in Darnold and Rosen. Rosen's probably the safest in my opinion. But there's no locks and. I, I and and we know you know with with Kirk that you're gonna get a top half of the league quarterback and I will pay the money for him personally. Some people may think I'm wrong, but I've been a miserable Jet fan for fucking 24 years, and I'd say pay the man. Goddamn Jets! Now, now I have a question though. Do you think he's gonna be able to work with the talent that's there right now? Because Robbie Anderson, if you Google Robbie Anderson right now, no joke, his picture is a fucking mugshot. It is literally a mugshot. I kid you not. That is literally his picture on Google right now. And then Don't you have Jermaine started on Robbie fucking Anderson. And then you have Jermaine Curse who had a sneaky. He had a a good year, and Quincy and Nunwa. But then after that, you have Devin Smith, Chance Hansen, Lucky Whitehead, or Darius Stewart, Jalen Marshall. Like, do you think you guys have to at least draft someone else? To, to well, add? I I mean I like a new water return. He's a good receiver. He's middle good. of the field, I like a new tough one. guy. Almost like, like a tight end. I yeah. like Curse. Curse is a very underrated receiver. Even he had a lot very. of big catch for the Seahawks in years past. The the one through his legs at the goal line. The one over the over the head, mm-hmm. forty yard bomb to put him in the in the Super Bowl one year. Um, he's a good receiver. I like him as a two. I like a new as a three. But yeah, you can't rely on Anderson. I think we need a one. We need to sign someone, or we we do need to draft someone um, at some point. But Boston Safarian Jenkins, I think, is a good tight end. We need to resign him. With the money, he shouldn't cost too much. But yeah, I think I think we may need another running back and a wide receiver. But then yeah. again, he didn't have much. He didn't have much with the Washington this year. He had Jameson. He had Jameson Crowder and Dotson. Dotson and who, Thompson Vernon went Davis. out early. I yeah, mean, so Vernon. it's it's better. And the Jets' defense, in my opinion, is better than uh, the Redskins last year. I mean, they had some talent. I mean, Ryan Kerrigan's very underrated. Norman was injured, but all in all, I, I like the yeah. Jets, and it's just and like I said, the cap room is there, so we have we have the room to to add someone, maybe add a receiver, add another corner in the draft, uh, get a pass rusher. It's not like people. Some people I think just say like, oh, you have the money, you don't want to spend it on Kirk, but we still have thirty, forty million at least after signing Kirk for this year. So it's not like we're we're still in the top five with cap room after signing him, most likely. So. I just think that you need him for stability purposes. Yes, the talent isn't amazing. But, I mean, Josh McCown showed that he had a good year. He had a good, real solid year underrated. And he did well with those guys. So, I figure you put Kirk Cousins in, he can do better with these guys. I agree. What do you guys think, Jones, Tom? Um, Yeah, I mean, I agree with Sully. Maybe they throw... Maybe they throw some of that remaining money at Jarvis Landry um, to be their number one, but you did know he get franchise? they tagged yeah, he him. Got yeah. tagged, oh, they did they tag him. Yeah, they tagged him. Okay, I didn't see that. 
But they're okay. saying that so that the Dolphins could potentially still trade him though. So they they're trying they to could, kind of tag could. a trade. That's smart. That's smart. Franchise him and then keep him because he was probably leaving. If they didn't do yeah, that, he was sure. he was leaving. At least get something out I of that. I wouldn't be so. opposed to that move at all. What do you think it costs, though? Probably a third-round pick? Yeah. Yeah, and I certainly would give up. I haven't been a big uh, Jarvis Landry fan, but I think he finally started to score. I think he had eight or nine touchdowns this year. Um, He's I, a catch I'll take machine. him to be the num- number one for a third-rounder for sure, though. I mean, third-rounders. That's a steal. That's nothing. Yeah, I would definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always been amazing to me how wide receivers have no value. Like, the Jets got Holmes for, like, a fifth or sixth rounder a few years ago. What, what Brandon we, Marshall for a fifth rounder. Marshall. Yeah. I mean, you can get really good players for, I mean, maybe he may even cost less. He may be a fourth or fifth rounder even. So, I mean, and Landry is going up, so maybe it's maybe it's a third. But still, I, I would take that for sure. Take Landry. We don't know about Robbie Anderson. Then you get Curse, a new wad. Hopefully we sign Jenkins, another running back. And Kirk Cousins, I'll take that. I'll take that. Yeah, it's a nice little squad there. Yeah. Well, I it's, guess I mean, you do Jets like that. A lot of games this year. I know people look at our record, and you are what your record says. But the Jets were in a lot of games this year, and we just couldn't finish games. And I, think I agree Kirk with Cousins that. Would give us the ability to win those games that Josh McCown just simply doesn't give you. <laughs> I agree with that. You guys were in a ton of games. The Jets. I said that all year. They were. They had so many close games. It's like they're a couple, a couple moves away from winning three, four more games last season. Yeah, it could almost yeah, beat us if the refs didn't screw you guys on that. Yeah, goal yeah, line you fumble. guys, that, yeah. We got Safarian screwed Jenkins. by you in the past. That was game. fucked. Um, yeah, and that the Safarian fucked. Jenkins. Yo, the Steelers yeah, got yeah, screwed, yeah, too. Yeah, <laughs> that's not, that's not, I don't know what it is. Wins are wins, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wins are wins when you got the refs on your side. Yeah, well, they are, they are who we thought they were. Let's just say they that. They are who we thought they were. R.I.P. R.I.P. Dennis Smith. I mean, Dennis Green. R.I.P. All right. That's the show, guys. I think that was awesome. That was great. Well, fired yeah, great up. Great week. <laughs> well, you want to crown their asses? Then crown their asses.